Hello, everyone. Apologies for the technical difficulties this afternoon. I see that um, Guillermo and Batterin are still connecting, but uh, Marky and Drew, you guys should have the mic already. Can you hear me okay? Send me a sign if you can hear me. Okay, I see Guillermo waving. That's a good sign. Okay, all right, there we go. Okay. <laughs> all right, here they come. All right. On. All right, it looks like um, a couple of our team members are having trouble connecting or there's a massive delay. I don't know if this is a spaces issue. It probably is. So if this continues, we might have to move to Brave Talk. Because um, yeah, I see Battern and Camino, you guys have been connecting for the past like two minutes. Can you hear me? Hey, Jenny. Hey. I yeah i can hear you okay is there a delay um i don't know that there's a delay but yeah i had like when i tried to get onto this base it wouldn't let me just get on like i had to go to the dm that you sent me and it was yes yeah, it was a little funky to accept weird weird um okay let's um, I think we have maybe too many speakers on the panel as well today, too. So we might have to um, have to figure that one out. But Marky, hi, you're here. Can you hear us? I am here, loud and clear. How's it going? Excellent. Good. How are you? Doing great. Thanks. Stop. Another Friday, Friday afternoon for me. Yeah, same here. Same here. <laughs> Still so much work to do before the weekend, though. Where are you, though? Well, I'm in Montreal, um, but the rest of my team is um, scattered all over the place. Yeah. Okay, so it's Friday morning for you then. Yeah, well, it, it, it's now officially the afternoon. It's 12.07 p.m. Oh, okay, okay. But, so uh, can start but... celebrating. <laughs> yeah. Okay, hang on a second. I see that back here. All right. Okay, it looks like people are getting on now. Um, oh, not, sure what happened now. There. not sure what happened there. Um. Okay, well, we'll let Battern connect, and if he can't connect, okay, sorry, guys, I'm getting messages on from all, uh, okay, Battern is having trouble, uh, Guillermo says he can hear me, okay, let's just get started, if we need to move to Brave Talk later, we will do so, but for now, it looks like things are good, um, high back community in the house, uh, if somebody can take the new Twitter Spaces link and, um, update my message in Discord with the link, uh, the new one, that would be wonderful since we had to replace it. Um, and then yeah. wants to help. I think we've got it in there, Jenny. Excellent, okay, so let's, let's just get started then. Hi everyone, welcome back to another Bat Community Twitter Spaces. Today we are in the Bat Cave with Hubble Protocol. Hubble is a financial platform building sustainable DeFi services on Solana, enabling users to supercharge their liquidity. Hubble's core service centers around a low interest stablecoin borrowing mechanism. It's US dollar, it's a US dollar peg stablecoin, USDH, 
can be borrowed against a variety of assets, including ETH, BTC, and SOL. And for those who don't already know, Hubble is also a Brave Wallet partner. So you can use your Brave Wallet to connect to the DAP and utilize all the services available on their platform. I'm looking forward to diving in and unpacking all of this, but before we do, um, whether you're a regular listener or visiting for the first time, we're excited to have you here today. And um, I'm just gonna give you some quick background on us. So we are the BAT community. BAT, short for Basic Attention Token, is an Ethereum-based rewards token used in Brave, a fast and private web browser that blocks YouTube ads and other invasive third-party ads and trackers right out of the box. BAT works within Brave by fairly pricing user attention and rewarding users in BAT for choosing to see ads that respect their privacy. It also empowers them to pay it forward by supporting their favorite content creators or causes with BAT tips or easily programmed BAT donations. Brave has a user-first philosophy, so its private ads and reward system is totally opt-in for users. Additionally, the browser eliminates the need for extensions by shipping with various privacy features and tools. For example, a shield that keeps you and your data safe from third-party ads and trackers, um, private search, an AI summarizer, private video conferencing, VPN, a multi-chain crypto wallet, and a lot more. To learn about Brave's full list of preloaded features and tools, you can visit brave.com features, but please please do so after the event today. You can also visit basicattentiontoken.org to learn more about that and how to use it. And um, moving on, my team and I, uh, who will introduce momentarily, will guide you through the spaces today. But as for me, uh, my name is Jenny and I'm speaking from the BAT community account. I'm honored to be one of your hosts. Um, like I mentioned earlier, I'm based in beautiful Montreal, Canada, and I've been contributing to the Bat and Brave community since 2017. In early 2018, I joined the team full-time to take on more of a uh, community-facing role. And over time, my role has expanded to include partnership-related work that focuses primarily on the growth, adoption, and integration of the basic attention token. If you have any questions or ideas related to the Bat ecosystem, please feel free to drop me a message anytime. Always eager to connect with like-minded people who share our vision for a better and more private web. And lastly, I just wanna let everybody know that if you have questions throughout the event, you can feel free to request the mic or you can type your questions into the replies beneath the Twitter Spaces link and we'll get them answered for you. Now I'll kick it over to my team, starting with Drew. Hey guys, what's going on? It's Drew. Um, you can usually find me in the Batbrigade Discord server, which is discord.gg slash Batbrigade. Um, yeah, I love uh, DeFi and looking to learn some more about it here with you guys. So looking forward to this one. Also, you can get the POAP. I believe uh, we have a POAP for today um, in our Discord server. You can ask in there how to get it. Uh, Guillermo, who looks like he can't get on speaker is uh, on our team that uh, is the artist and does that artwork. So um, there's that. And then other than that, you can find me here on Twitter at Tax Ninja uh, doing these spaces and just all around messing around on Twitter. So looking forward to this one, guys. Thanks. Awesome. So who else from our side is able to speak? <laughs> Looks like it's just me oh, and you, Jenny. Okay. <laughs> At least so to connect. So if she manages to connect, she can she can chime in. Oh, I think you're good, Paula. Right. Uh, Paula's getting on. All right. 
Hi everyone. Yeah. I'm Paula. Um, I managed. Oh, I'm sorry for the noise. I managed the Black Costa Rica account. Um, I do some partnerships with the team, um, some ads, and I host weekly back community calls in Spanish and anything Spanish Latin related. Uh, feel free to reach out. And very important, if you miss our spaces, we will be sharing summaries in the Bat Brigade Discord on the AMA calls calls recap channel and Twitter. Um, just go to the back community account and you will find the Notion URL with the summaries of our most recent Twitter spaces. We just published our spaces with Viking in Export, with which Bray we will be doing a partnership for a whole year. So don't miss the details. And we are currently working on the past two with Ab with Abdog. Oh, I'm so sorry, I can't talk right now. With Abdog and Collector, but we will be releasing them soon. Thank you. Amazing. Thank you so much, Paula. And of course, last but not least, uh, we have our wonderful guest, Trader Marky from Hubble. We also have the Hubble and Camino accounts repping the project. Um, but they're just listening today. So everybody give it up by throwing down some emoji reacts for Marky and the Hubble team. All right. Welcome, Marky. It's a pleasure being in the Batcave with you today. Um, so first, what should we call you? And second, please tell us a little bit about yourself and your background and how you wound up working for Hubble and what it is you do there. Yeah, hey. So thanks, thanks for the invite to the Batcave. Very excited to be here. Um, and oh, what did I want to say? Oh, yeah, yeah. You gave, you gave a great introduction already to, to Hubble, so I don't need to say much. You already uh, you already gave it, so I'll try try and say something different. Um, what do you call me? So I actually have, yeah, my my handle is like Trader Marky, right? So and and then my name is Marky on Twitter, but, but that's like my secret secret crypto name, and um, my real name is highly uh, highly classified no it's actually mark so you can call me mark or marky so it's uh, it's like not too creative in coming up with my uh, with my crypto name hey that totally works marker <laughs> we, we do tend to give long-winded intros around here but um it's okay luckily we have tons of questions for you so we'll dive, yeah, dive into so, all the detail what did you ask so Background. um background i am british and uh i live in switzerland actually so i've been been in switzerland for uh for more than 10 years i actually somehow ended up in in crypto thanks to a career in uh technology and finance and intertwining those together and uh, i ended up in in switzerland working uh not surprisingly for swiss banks so i ended up um working like right in the middle of, of like trading and technology and was always super motivated by finance and how it works and like digital transformation. And I think that's like, that's kind of a great grounding for them being interested in crypto, right? Because you, a few years ago, um, we started getting more attention into digital money and then it was like bitcoin and uh eth started coming along and of course anybody who's interested in tech and in finance like has to be at least curious about what's going on with this like new type of currency and um that's what got me fascinated um and after dabbling around uh a few years ago 
really just getting more and more down the rabbit hole, uh, as many of us do, and ended up uh, ended up like jacking in the uh, the old school career to to come into DeFi and uh, being really motivated by uh, in, in inverted commas building the future of finance, right? So, and especially in Solana, I mean, Hub, Hubble's in um, uh, in Solana, and we've also built Kabino, which we can we can talk about both of those uh, protocols. And um, yeah, I really I'd been been operating and and playing around with uh, ETH-based stuff and tokens, and then like a bit of DeFi since. Uh, well, since 2016, yeah, 17, when we had that first, uh, well, not the first, but like the kind of ETH-driven bull run and the ICOs and so on. And then when, when DeFi came along, that was super exciting. Um, and I guess beginning of 2021, Solana popped up and really, uh, I was like very interested in the possibilities uh, of Solana and got quite deep into the ecosystem and um, ended up meeting uh, Marius and, and Thomas, who are the, the co-founders of Hubble, who were then just, just kind of building and had raised, raised some money and like had this really great vision for, for what we could achieve with Hubble. And yeah, I ended up coming on board. Um, what I'm doing there is uh, kind of a jack of all trades, uh, anything, anything that's not development. <laughs> so from from uh, leading growth BD efforts through to uh, our, our kind of DeFi strategy and partnerships, product management. Uh, yeah, I think in a startup, like there's about, there's still about just under 15 contributors. So you have to be willing to get your hands dirty and do all kinds of stuff in a startup. So it's uh, really exciting. So let's that's that's my kind of broad background. We can dig a bit more into the into the actual products and and so on. That would be cool. But uh, that was a brief history of me. That's great. So you come from a more traditional finance background. You became curious about emerging financial technologies, you know, crypto, then Ethereum, and so forth. You fell down the rabbit hole and then eventually ditched the old school finance career to make your foray into um into web3 crypto and DeFi. absolutely absolutely so it's really interesting um i think there's there's quite a few people with my kind of background and what's great to see is like we've got some great brains in in crypto some of which are coming purely from this like financial uh side of things some from a pure technology side others who've work like myself in in kind of finance tech and uh, others from big tech like google and facebook and so on and then we've got uh kind of young whippersnappers who who've just you know just kind of come out of school and and they're crypto natives and and like dived straight into uh full-time playing and doing things in in crypto so i think mix all that together and it's like a great a great, really exciting uh, industry, which we have. I would agree with that. I think the diversity of backgrounds that you see in the crypto and Web3 space is uh, wonderful and super inspiring. And I, I love the, the use of the, the term whippersnapper. That's one I 
it more often. I like it. Yeah. It's a British a British thing, is it? I love it. I might I might adopt it and make it a Canadian thing. So moving on to the product, um, I saw on, I think it was your documentation page that Hubble actually got its start um, in a Solana hackathon. Were you a part yeah. of that experience? And I wasn't. Oh, I wasn't. But, uh, I that would be great. <laughs> yeah, as I, as I mentioned, like, um, yeah, I'm, I met uh, Marius, uh, who, who's the Hubble co-founder, co uh, by then, Hubble was close to launching, but it's quite an interesting story. I can I can talk about that because Maris is a is a developer and and he's uh, a Rust fan fanboy, and uh, he he also had a similar view as me. You know, he's interested in finance. He worked in uh, in like financial institution building structured products. He was interested in crypto as as like uh, being a bit of a Degen on the side, like doing some trading on Pancake Swap, and uh, but actually wanted to write Rust. And then he found out about Solana. It's like, oh, this is this is like his dream world because it it's um, crypto and it's also Rust. So he joined this hackathon, and um, yeah, got his his kind of dream outcome of like building in crypto and just writing Rust, and. Uh, from then on, like, fell in love with Solana's smart contract development, um, and he he met then Thomas, our co-founder, and they managed to get their heads together and and uh, and thought, well, okay, this is really exciting, like bullish on uh, building the the future of Solana DeFi. Uh, they managed to uh, come up with a, a concept of, of of what Hubble is and what Hubble could achieve and. Uh, thankfully, we found some some backers who also like shared our vision, and and that enabled uh, you know Marius to to jack in also his his old um, tradfi career and and dive dive in full time to uh, to Solana to try and uh, achieve great things. Hey, that is excellent. Thank you so much for that 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 context. Um, I have, so I know, you know, I overviewed uh, Hubble a little bit earlier and we talked about how it got its start, um, but we have a lot of DeFi newcomers in the audience. I'm wondering, Marky, if you could give us like an Eli5 overview of Hubble um, as it stands today and its services. Sure, can do. Um... It's actually pretty like considering there's some crazy complex things in in crypto to get your head around. It's actually quite easy. So our um, core offering in Hubble is a a stable coin. So that means a, a token which plus minus should be worth one dollar, and um, that is actually produced. That's minted um, in the form of loans and just like you could actually look at it like having a mortgage and in the in the world that we all know like you have a mortgage is a loan but it's actually backed up by owning an asset and that asset is a house right so you you go to um a bank and say okay i i want to finance i want to like i have a house 
that's my asset and I want to take a loan out. Um, and if I don't pay back my loan, then you don't care because you can take control of my house and, and sell it and pay off my debt, right? So what we've done with Hubble is actually the same kind of concept. You can take a loan from Hubble and it's interest-free, but um, in order to get that interest-free loan, you, you need to provide some collateral instead of providing a house you can provide some crypto assets. So um, we're in Solana, let's keep it simple. You're, you own a bunch of SOL, the Solana token. Um, let's say you own $10,000 worth of SOL. You can come to Hubble uh, and kind of pledge that. So it's still yours, but it's just uh, kind of locked up in a, in a smart contract. And um, then you can take a loan for say 5,000. USDH. And uh, the cool thing is it's interest free and you don't need to pay it back according to a certain schedule. You can pay it back whenever you want, but um, you can only get your soul back when you pay the loan back. And really, um, it's super simple. That's, that's basically what the product is. Any questions? No, that was great. That was great. Okay, so you come to the platform with your own assets, you know, say Soul or other assets that you support. User deposits their um, their assets and then uh, borrows USDH, right, against a USDH loan against those assets. And then there's no, yeah. um, there's no deadline to pay back the loan. Uh, there's no interest rates and... Um, and then what was the last part that I missed? Just want to make sure I got it all. Um, yeah, and you can you can choose when you pay back your loan. So if you want if you want your soul back, then you need to pay pay your loan back, um, and then you can you can retrieve your soul. And um, then we've got this we've got this situation where Hubble, we're kind of acting like a central bank, and we're also acting like a commercial bank, right? So a commercial bank takes in customers and gives loans right and um and that's what hubble's doing so you kind of like a banking type borrowing service but then there's no um there's no other side like the hubble is also the lender and that's where hubble's acting like a central bank because we're actually printing usdh and uh that that results in what, what we call uh an a stable coin which is over collateralized. So for every one USDH that we mint, there's always at least one dollar worth of SOL or other crypto assets which are which are kind of locked up in, in Hubble to ensure that there's always uh, sufficient backing for the stable coin. Okay, that makes sense. And then um, what what can users do with the borrowed USDH? Yeah, so then that's that's the the other part of what we do is um, uh, is ensuring interesting use cases for uh, for USDH. So what what users typically like to do when they've taken a loan, um, it's basically a, a big thing is leverage, right? So they can take that USDH and uh, buy more crypto. That's been a classic use case. So uh, 
you can say, okay, I love Solana ecosystem. I love the Sol token. So I'm I'm never going to sell it. I'm going to lock that up in Hubble. I'm going to take a loan, and then I'm going to buy more Sol with it. Um, another thing you can do is actually use it instead of a real world banking. So let's say you want to buy a car, um, and you can you've got a bunch of crypto. You can actually take your USDH, um, swap it, for example, to USDC at one to one which you can then easily off-ramp to fiat money and buy a new car um, or pay for a holiday. And that's just an interest-free loan. Um, and another another thing that, that people like to do is uh, use that USDH in Solana DeFi to earn more yield. And um, we have a bunch of collaborations and partnerships which give interesting use cases so depending on risk appetite you know if you don't want to if you don't more risk asset exposure you can um, become a, a lender so you can lend that USDH and, and yield on it you can provide liquidity in a DEX and, uh, and earn trading fees from, from that USDH being traded so yeah there's a bunch of things that that people like to do with their USDH to earn yield and uh, and have different kind of utilities. So I would say, you know, what what we're busy with in in Hubble, you know, we're 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 kind of looking after our uh, users by trying to trying to like provide interesting collateral assets for them to take loans against and, and uh, find new users. But then there's a big focus that we've got in Solana DeFi uh, and beyond, like having partnerships and finding interesting utility for USDH to keep to keep the, the ecosystem uh, like healthy, keep USDH in demand. And that was actually that was actually how we ended up coming up with uh, the Camino protocol, which uh, which launched uh, after Hubble, that launched about six months after, and um, the, contrib the contributors of building Camino have come uh, mostly from the Hubble team, and uh, we can also dive into Camino in a minute. But uh, let's just kind of circle back to see if you if you had any comments on uh, on what I just yeah talked about. yeah I do have a few, and and maybe my team has a couple too. But um, I, I like the examples that you gave. Um, and, uh, I was, I was wondering, so, so, oh, so you, so you mentioned there's lots that you can do with USDH, right? Depending on your appetite. Um, and in addition, you can deposit and borrow USDH against, uh, multiple different assets and currencies. And, you know, Sol is one, ETH is one. I saw on your, in your documentation, MSOL, uh, STSOL, DAOSOL, um, tokens from Solend, et cetera. Um, do you know if users can deposit, um, Solana wrapped bat, for example, S bat. I do know, and uh, right now, unfortunately, not. But um, we're uh, we kind of, you know, we have some criterias. Uh, we can't just onboard anything and everything. But like, we're very open to user demand and like looking at looking at what new tokens we can onboard. So that's actually an interesting idea. Let's uh, let's take that one and uh, see if see if SBAT is a possibility. 
All right, sounds good. We'll talk about it. I think Drew had a question, so I'll let him hop in. Yeah, uh, first of all, um, just looking in the uh, audience here, I see uh, Deuce, Nero, and Toothy Fairy, a couple of penguins down there that are contributors to the um, Hubble stuff. So you got another, it's a good group, um, my fellow penguins down there. Um, after that, Marky, with your background in finance and banking, et cetera, uh, I just wanted to ask a general question on your thoughts on the banking environment right now with everything going on, like SPP, SPB, and uh, uh, the other one in New York with uh, Barney Brinks so Bank, whatever that got uh, yeah, taken over here in the U.S. First public one. Yeah. Yeah. What's, and uh, also got in- what's going on with all that, man? <laughs> Yeah, interesting times. I think with Silicon Valley Bank, that that one's amazing, really. And um, what we see there is the classic impact of a of a bank run compounded by a few other circumstances. And um, Silicon Valley Bank, it wasn't in too much of bad shape, but Banks basically operate with this, uh, they call it like fractional re- reserve system, right? So they don't just have a vault of users' cash sitting there, right? So users deposit money, um, but then the banks go and do stuff with that money to uh, to earn yield. And uh, they lend it out, they buy bonds, and... Uh, various other stuff. They do keep some cash reserves, and then as as this kind of uh, in crypto world, you'd call it FUD, right? As the FUD hit, we got this uh, we got this bank run, and um, they didn't they didn't have the cash to to cover all the uh, uh, all the calls on the deposits. Um, they also had a situation where they'd invested a lot of user deposits in. Uh, in bonds, and uh, those bonds had gone down in value because interest rates had gone up. So that meant that they'd also be like locking in big losses if they were liquidating those bonds. And uh, the other interesting thing is that they'd they'd actually done some c- kind of investments which were uh, a little bit degen for a for a, a bank to be involved in. So they'd they'd done some lending. To, to kind of venture backed like early stage firms, which is pretty high risk, and um, they also have this risk of going south, and people started talking about that, and like kind of contributed to the FUD. So it's like a classic liquidity crunch. Um, but the thing is, with banks, they're so fundamental to the whole like economy. The contagion can be high, and um, that's when it becomes very appealing for uh, for kind of central banks to step in and, and bail them out. Um, because you know, if you had all these companies in Silicon Valley, like a lot of small and mid cap tech, who had all of their funds in Silicon Valley Bank, suddenly couldn't access them, and uh, you know, then they can't make payroll. People have no money. Just gets like insane contagion 
and uh yeah and that's that's when we see these these bailouts which which keep coming so whether you agree with it or not like governments have a high pressure to to step in and and help out banks that's so that's what that's what we're seeing it happened also to credit suisse this week where um you know they've lost like 100 billion plus worth of deposits in the in the last quarter and then um swiss national bank stepped in and loaned them 55 billion uh, you know pocket money and uh yeah we're we're kind of seeing quite a tough time for some of these banks right now so that's my yeah. that's my view of what's going on and uh like it or not well, I think we'll continue to see like government intervention to to keep them afloat yeah uh yeah it's uh, interesting times indeed and um we'll see what happens from here but yeah I appreciate that uh that explanation uh because yeah banks basically lending out more than they have right so when runs happen you know it's uh yeah but uh going back to hubble and stuff how do you guys prevent something like that from happening or is that you know a risk or you know that you guys have uh that's potential for you guys yeah i think i mean DeFi has its own risks but actually when when you see all this crazy stuff going down in traditional banks and and tradfi actually you can see how defi has the potential to be so much so much like you could call it safer or with less liquidity and um less liquidity issues so in the case of hubble right and in general defi and finance on a blockchain like everything's completely transparent so if you deposit 100 sol and then take a loan you can as the sol holder and anybody you can actually see that sol on the blockchain and you can see that it's locked up in the hubble smart contracts and you can see how those contracts work and you know that Hubble is not just randomly being a degenerate and taking that soul and loaning it to Three Arrows Capital, for example. You can li- literally see where it is and that it's not possible to um, do anything crazy with it. But so actually, that's my that's my take on on like believing in the in the sort of potential for for DeFi being uh, a, a great good into the future. Yeah, awesome. Um, yeah, it's interesting how it works, so I'm going to have to look into it a little bit more. Um, the other question I had, and then I'll let Jimmy uh, take back over, but um, you mentioned some of the things that people do with, um, with the loans that they take is uh, some of the leverage trading and stuff. Is that something that you guys provide as well, or is that something you'd have to use another um, uh, service or, or group project for? Yeah, this is where Camino comes in. So we launched Hubble about just over a year ago, and we're heavily thinking about use cases for USDH and how USDH can be part of the Solana ecosystem in a strong way. And um, around this time, you had a new 
any type of uh, DEX really taking hold, which is this uh, using this model of concentrated liquidity, which um, was pioneered by Uniswap with their V3 and um, launched in Solana with uh, Orca DEX. <clears throat> so without going into the crazy mechanics of it all, concentrated liquidity allows um, tokens to be traded in a very capital efficient way and immediately was like smashing it in terms of volume. What that translates to is really interesting fee capture opportunities and real yield. And um, we we really wanted, uh, thinking about USDH liquidity, to to kind of take advantage of uh, of this like new paradigm of 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 token trading. And we wanted to support uh, healthy use cases for USDH. So what we did with Camino um, is is kind of Hubble incubated it, and we built these market making vaults which are integrated with um, Orca Dex and it allows users to provide tokens um, to be traded on Orca. So Camino runs uh, runs like yeah, market making models, wraps it up in a vault, tokenizes it, like automates that whole process, um, manages the, the price range which is traded and so on and so on. And um, yeah, so that's turned into then a like a massive use case for for USDH. We've got uh, a bunch of different products on Camino, uh, which are not wholly focused around USDH, but provide like some really interesting use cases for USDH. Uh, yeah, we now have uh, we have about like twenty different Vault products on there. We've got Sol. Um, Lots of different Sol-based tokens. We just onboarded Rollbit today, which has been a uh, a big big one in demand. Uh, we've got like stablecoin-only vaults, and uh, yeah, users can can come to Camino, deposit their tokens, earn yield for for market making, and uh, yeah, just uh, express express their different views of on the market via via different vaults that we have. And yeah, that's been a huge focus for the for the past. Six, six or nine months, actually. So yeah, we encourage everyone who who mints USDH if they're interested in earning yield to then come to Camino and uh, deploy into a Camino vault. That is awesome. Would you consider, Marky, um, some aspects of Hubble and Camino to be DeFi newcomer friendly, like? Um, yeah, like is is it, or Hubble at least? Um, is it? For, mm. for newcomers to the space, yeah, definitely, and and we we put a ton of effort in into like educating um, users as well, uh, onboarding. You know, there's a bunch of like brave users, for example, who maybe know it more from from the kind of uh, browser angle and get interested in crypto. Um, we do. Uh, blogs, videos, how-tos. We've integrated a um, kind of a quiz into Camino. So users can like test their knowledge on what the product is before they actually uh, ape into it, you know, just so they, they're kind of going into it with their eyes open. 
And what we're actually trying to do, especially with Camino, actually, we, we're trying to make something that's quite complex into an easy-to-use product. So let's let's say many people get into crypto because they want to invest in tokens. So like buy a token and either feel part of a community or just to make money, you know, they, they want to buy it and the token goes up. Then I think uh, a next stage is like, okay, I've heard about this thing called DeFi and what can DeFi do for me? Okay, well, DeFi can enable these like opportunities to earn yield. And this is what Camino does. It, like providing liquidity on a DEX and concentrated liquidity and price ranges and um, that's all scary and, uh, and and sort of professional type terms and sophisticated plays. But what Camino does is says, okay, well, Camino is going to take care of the strategy. You can, uh, you know, you can kind of broadly understand. Uh, that you want to tap into yield on some tokens that you hold and broadly tap in and broadly understand why, because it's earning fees through um, through the trading of those tokens. And then as a user, all, all you need to do is like deposit into this vault, right? So we don't really like to say set and forget because um, a user should always know, it should be kind of like semi-active in looking at what's going on but they can they can deposit and then uh, sort of uh, earn yield according to according to what's going on in the market and what tokens they they want exposure to. So yeah, absolutely, we're trying to trying to be quite beginner friendly. That is excellent. Um, just so everybody knows, I pinned the link to Hubble's blog and learning portal uh, to the spaces and there you can find like different blog posts tutorials the test your knowledge quiz that marky just mentioned um, i'm not sure whether uh camino's education resources would fall under that or it has a separate um page or or blog site but we'll get that url up there your url up there if uh, there's a different one um that's great i'd love to hear that now switching gears a bit marky um brave is a browser that puts the privacy and security of its users first, as you know. Um, I read in Hubble's documentation that Hubble is similarly security obsessed. And um, this, is a, this is a quote from, from the documentation, has more lines of code for testing than actual smart contract functionality. Um, can you tell us about some of Hubble's security practices? Yeah, yeah, sure. And um, yeah, I think you're, you're right in saying that we are we are security obsessed, and as you know with DeFi, I mean you can never you can never be a hundred percent. But number one priority for priority for us is like keeping our user funds safe, and that means a few things. One is like building security into our development processes and testing. So we'll write some code, but then we'll do all kinds of testing on it, which takes more effort and energy in writing code than the actual code itself. Um, and that's our kind of layer one protection, right? So good coding practices combined with like, you could call it like test-driven development and an obsession with testing. And 
then the the next level is this kind of um, verification. Uh, so we've been careful to um, get multiple audits. I think Hubble has five and Camino has three external audits. And um, that's something which they're certainly not cheap, but we feel that, um, you know, that's something that can't be uh, compromised, basically. Um, so building in, yeah, building in the, the great coding practices, um, the reviewing of those, the testing of those, the uh, verification of those via external audits. And then also we're, um, we pay quite a lot of it. Well, we pay a massive amount of attention to not just the, the kind of technical vulnerabilities, but also the economic uh, exploit risks as well. So much of the, uh, if, if you guys have seen, seen for example, we had um, Mango Markets exploit, uh, which happened last year. Many of these DeFi exploits, they don't come from a book, right? They don't come from some kind of like coding mistake, but they come from economic exploits where, for example, uh, price feeds can be manipulated or other types of uh, other types of yeah, broadly economic attack. So we we put a lot of brain power into thinking about those, trying to mitigate those, and uh, yeah, kind of being obsessed in that area. That's all really great to hear um, about your audits, for example, which are published publicly, and we can link to them if people are interested. Um, I wonder, do you guys have a uh, bug bounty program for hackers for testing and reporting security um, vulnerabilities? We are actually working on that right now. So um, Hubble's in the process of going open source. So there's a few um, a few boxes left to tick. And uh, as part of that process, we're, we will have a, a book bounty program. So uh, with that, I would say watch this space. You can chat to us in, in Discord, for example. And um, yeah, that will be that will be just around the corner. That is fantastic news. Um, I should also mention while we're here that Brave also has a very active bug bounty program on HackerOne. Um, it's been live for years now, um, and it pays hackers for you know, discovering and report, it pays them bounties for discovering and reporting uh, security vulnerabilities with the product. So if anyone's curious and you're a hacker, definitely look into that. We can pin the link here as well. Um, I'm curious, does Hubble have a mobile app? We don't have a mobile app, but we, we're like, we work on, on mobile and uh, Kavino as well. And actually that's, that's an interesting area because we we kind of analyze what's what's going on and um mobile traffic is is massive and i think actually i think it's fair to say that crypto and, and like DeFi especially has been sort of underserving the the mobile community and yeah we that has to change right so i think um we're going from just making our our kind of 
website browser compatible through to actually true mobile app experience is, is a focus that we, as an industry, have to shift a bit closer towards. Yeah, I think that would probably be a good call, Pro probably in Hubble's best interest. I know that um, <clears throat> for Brave, the majority of our user base, we have about 60 million MAU, um, and the, the vast majority of that user base primarily uses the, the browser on mobile. Yeah. Oh, right. Um, yeah. And also, um, I don't know about you, but, you know, this is anecdotal, but personally, I do all my online banking um, on mobile, uh, sometimes on desktop, but primarily on mobile. And I, I'm sure that people would do the same for, you know, investing, borrowing, lending and DeFi um, if they had the option to do so. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely coming. And um, I'm probably like a, a boomer, right? You know, still having a laptop and, and being uh, laptop driven. But uh, there's certainly um, certainly people in the world, especially in certain regions who don't own any kind of desktop or laptop and just everything has to be on mobile. Yeah, totally. The world is changing. The world is changing and, and going mobile. That is for sure. I wonder... Can I just yes, jump in, Jenny? Sorry. Yeah, I want to say that's what I actually quite like about Brave and uh, the mobile app uh, added the Solana DAP ecosystem to the uh, mobile uh, apps here. So recently, oh, nice. so... Yeah, so it's been kind of nice. I've, I've used it more so with Ethereum so far, but because um, I haven't done a whole lot of transacting lately, but um, but I do use it on mobile, and it's nice having a legit browser that you can use and just um, connect, you know, the, the in you know house browser or wallet to and things like that versus you know some of the other apps that you get kind of a janky browser. I mean, it gets the job done, but it's nice when you just have the one browser and you can do whatever you want to do. Yeah, yeah, for, for sure. Yeah. Well, Brave Brave has a lot of fanboys on the uh, on the on the Hubble team, actually. So that's uh, that's a bit of a uh, bit of a compliment there for you guys. Oh heck yeah, that's totally reassuring. I love that. I so I we, I have a question from Batern who's been trying repeatedly over the course of the spaces to connect. <laughs> I, I feel so bad for him. I, I keep seeing his little connection thing spinning, but he can't get on. He has a question for you, Marky, and he wants to know. What Oracle Hubble uses for price feeds? Great question. We actually use um, uh, Oracles from Pith and from Switchboard. And um, yeah, we like both of those bring different things to the table. Uh, <clears throat> Pith is, um, is kind of more widely used for like the big tokens they have um the, which which are traded on on uh, like centralized venues as well um so they get price contributions from a variety of centralized sources as well as some on chain so for example like sol eth um we use pith and then switchboard is is more like solana native they uh, have a lot more flexibility with on chain data sources and um, you can do a bunch of really interesting stuff there uh, with uh, average prices as well. Um, so yeah, we, we, use a, we use a combination of switchboard and pith. 
Awesome. Thank you. I'll let you know if he has any follow-up questions. <laughs> um, we're, we're coming up on time, but I have another question about um, liquidations and how they work on Hubble. Can you explain that? What they are and how they work? Yeah, yeah, sure. So a liquidation happens uh, when a loan goes, uh, you could call it unhealthy, right? So it's like um, in the example I used before of the mortgage, if your house was worth a million dollars and then it goes to be worth 500,000 and your loan is 600,000, the bank's going to start sending you letters saying, oh, hi, um, you need to give us some more money or we'll repossess your house. And then you can ignore it for a while. And then after maybe a year, like someone will come knocking at your door and throw you out of your house. But um, in the case of Hubble, we, we do all that in an automated way. So um, let's say, you, let's use a similar example. You had Sol worth $10,000, your loan is $5,000, and then Sol gets wrecked, as actually, unfortunately, what happened in the last year. So Sol goes down in value. And when, uh, so our average LTV is about, say, 80%. Um, so, or average, like the max LTV. So if that goes to an unhealthy level, then Hubble will, will like automatically liquidate you. Um, liquidations work uh, depending on the asset in a couple of different ways. Um, the most common way now is that um, Hubble basically does like takes takes the takes the collateral and sells it on the market to, to pay down the loan, and uh, that's done before there's uh, before there's like bad debt as it were, uh, because there's still still like some price buffer before it goes into a bad, like an under collateralized situation. So yeah, in short, it's all it's all automated uh, and done in a way to protect the protocol. All right, all right. Thank you so much for that explanation. And, and just to clarify, because I think um, you might have used an acronym in there. So uh, LTV or loan to value is the total value of borrowed USDH compared to the total value of deposited collateral. And it's expressed as a percentage for anyone who is one. Oh, yeah. Loan, loan to value. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry for getting technical. Oh, no, it's all good. It's all good. Um, Marky, is there anything else that we didn't touch on today that you definitely want to share before we hop? Um, no, I don't think so. I mean, kind of gave a, tried to give a quick summary of what's going on. So anybody who's uh, interested in like talking about how they can use Brave in our protocols or how they can like interact with them or wants to talk about Solana DeFi, DeFi in general or Hubble or Camino, we've got like really active Twitter community, Discord. So yeah, come and have a chat. And um, the team's always around and happy to happy to talk any anything really. That's super important that the team is you know on the ground and ready to engage with users at any time. So definitely hop into the community, folks. They have a Discord, um, so go ahead and join it. Follow Marky, follow Hubble, follow Camino to keep up with the project's updates. And of course, Marky, thank you so much for being here and teaching us all about Hubble and Camino's innovative approaches to DeFi and Solano. It was super. Everyone give it up, throw down some emoji reacts for Marky and our panel of co-hosts. Thank you so much. <laughs>
Thanks for hosting. It was fun chatting. Yeah, it was our pleasure. And uh, you're welcome back anytime, anytime. And for everyone else, Thanks. follow everyone in the room that you want to stay connected with. And um, in addition to the, um, the the Discord, which you can hop in, discord.gg slash batbrigade. That's the Bat Community Discord. We also invite you, to, invite you to join our Bat Community calls that take place every Tuesday with Luke Mulks for some live Q&A with the Brave team and to learn the latest Bat developments. But once again, thank you everyone for being here. We always appreciate you taking time out of your day to hang out with the Bat Community. Marky, Hubble, Camino, hats off to you all. Thank you so much. Have a great weekend, everyone. And remember, are you ready to cringe? It's all bravey, baby. Take care. Nice. Bye. <laughs> See you guys. Thanks for coming.